0: good evening everyone welcome to the rice club um we're here again talking about game of thrones so game of thrones has finally ended um the series wrapped up we did a podcast on the the series finale and some discussion on the entire show in its entirety uh, please check it out if you have time Um, there's still some things I still wanted to discuss, so that's why I'm recording this today. Um, you know, just some last thoughts and some musings. So let's just jump into it. I mean, so obviously the show finished and there were some very negative reactions regarding the last episode and the last series as a, the, the last season as a whole, um, if you look at IMDB, there's um, there were users who averaged the scores of all the episodes of all the seasons, and the first seven seasons consistently ranked in the high eights or in the nines, but once you got to um, the last season, uh, Game of Thrones was ranked, I think it was about like a four and a half or a five, so obviously a significant drop in rating score now in general sometimes it is difficult i'll give you this it is difficult to end a very successful show in a way that is satisfying and is conclusive but the but pretty much game of thrones the last season pretty much got universal um criticism criticism about the writing the pacing how, you know, how short the the season was and so on and so forth. So where did it all go wrong? Now, this is just my take on the show. There's a lot there, you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there, which is totally fine. I just wanted to present how I felt about the show and where, uh, where the signs of trouble started appearing. So I can to be honest I can't give a specific point in the show where you know things just started unraveling but one of the first signs for me was season 7 and the first reason is the time traveling in season 7 what uh, what I mean by this is people just fast traveling you know if you've played video games there's a concept called fast travel where um you click a spot in the map and suddenly your character teleports there instead of, you know, manually having to travel there. So we saw this in season seven with John and Daenerys traveling to and from the the north, the wall, so quickly. Um, you know, if you remember how um, I believe Daenerys was on Dragonstone and she, you know, within like half an episode, she like suddenly made her way all the way to the north to help Jon Snow, who was, um, Jon Snow and company who were beset upon by, you know, White Walkers. So when you basically have this ability to, to fast travel, to time travel wherever you want, this really breaks immersion. Um, Game of Thrones is a very meticulously crafted show. It's a very detail-oriented show. The pacing is very tight. It's It's very deliberate. So you might have um, an entire season where characters are are just traveling and they don't make their destination to the end of the season. Um, just look at some of the episodes, um, like season uh, five, I think it was season five where Jamie was in Dorne. They were in Dorne for the entire season. If you look at Sandor Clegane and Arya, they, were, they spent episodes upon episodes just traveling through Westeros to get to the Vale. So when you really have just one episode of people you know essentially teleporting the entire through the entire continent that really breaks and really breaks my engagement with the show and that's really troubling if you looked at a map of Westeros you can look at you can kind of have a good idea of the scale of the show with the winterfell is really far from king's landing the the wall is even further so when you have this ability to just travel super quickly, the scale of Westeros just is just all off. It's just completely uh, nuked. Uh, we also saw, like, for example, Jamie Lannister. I think he went to the Reach and High Garden super quickly, and he was and then suddenly he was uh, sieging the River Run. And these and while these locations aren't as far as you know west as a uh, winterfell they still there's still some distance between these locations and king's landing so when you have the ability to just suddenly show up at these places like in one jump cut you're you're at the location it really um that meticulous planning that that pacing of prior seasons is just you kind of have to throw that out of the window and you know it's it's very jarring Now, these issues also appear in Season 8. We saw that our characters fa- And I think in Season 8, it's even worse because, you know, firstly, we have all our protagonists, our characters fighting in Winterfell on uh, Episode 3. And I think by Episode 4, they're actually, I believe, at King's Landing near the end, there was a parley scene where, you know, originally I, I thought they were just in some fortress area or some castle away from King's Landing. But turned I, I think it actually was King's Landing. So in one episode, they traveled all the way north, from all the way north to kind of pretty much the south of Westeros. So th- the entire pacing of the show is just out of whack. It's just completely out of the window. Um, what I would have liked is at least throw in some scenes of the troops marching, or gatherings of allies, or um, you know some war room discussions or something. It's just something to let us know that some time has passed. But we didn't get any of those. So again, the problems emerge. Um, the problems that we saw in season seven continue to season eight. Um, just. Oh, so actually, there's a couple of other examples that I wanted to talk about. Um, another, you know, another great example of about the pacing about the show is it took, I believe it was season one or two where the Night's Watch, they were at, you know, they're traveling up north. And, you know, they went to the Fist of the First Men. And, you know, they went to Craster's Keep. These are these these, these episodes are paced extremely well because they spent a lot of time developing characters, traveling, talking to people, um, you know, giving the audience a sense of the scope, the environment, the people that were there. So when you really just fast travel like that, it really, it really appears to the audience that you're just trying to rush through everything, trying to just get everyone to the right locations without really building that narrative. So it's just very weak storytelling, very weak writing. Another thing that fans started mentioning about how um, how off track the show has become was through the White Walker capturing plot. Now, what that is, if you don't remember, it's where um, Jon Snow and the gang travel north to capture a white for Cersei to prove to her that there is an existential threat to Westeros to try to convince her to, to fight for the for the side of the living but firstly this this um this plot point is just really silly because it just seems really it just seems so it just seems so absurd you're um firstly you're lumping all the you could say all the good guys into team dainey and all the bad guys with team cersei you know, Team Daenerys, you had, you know, Jon Snow, the Hound, Arya, Derek, Sam. You had all these, quote, good guys. And on Team Cersei, you had, like, Mountain, um, Quibber, and you had Yuron, which is all the, all the bad guys. And it just kind of feels like a generic good versus bad scenario. Game of Thrones was always about multiple characters with different motivations, desires, and stories, Um, to the point where you didn't know who to trust. You didn't know, you know, who was plotting against whom. And that's what made the show really interesting and super captivating. So when you just split people into two camps, it really just makes it stale and binary. And you kind of, the insulting thing is even if you split up, the writers still couldn't figure out how to end the show, even with this, um, dichotomy of like good versus evil, you know, team Daenerys versus Team Cersei. They still butchered some uh endings of some characters like Jamie and uh Jon Snow and now this is kind of a uh this point that I want to bring up of wh- of why the show started faltering. I this started happening when Peter Baelish died. And that's the lack of political intrigue. Um Game of Thrones started off as a great political thriller, as a great political, as a show about political intrigue, motivations, conversations, character dialogue, and the such. And this made the show very suspenseful, dramatic, uh, thrilling. Just look at the plot at the beginning. Ned Stark has to investigate what happened to Jon Arryn. You know how did he die? And then he stumbles upon the plot of, of you know. Someone had poisoned Jon Arryn, the truth about the Baratheon children slash Lannister children. um, You know, it was sort of as a mystery of this political thriller involving many different actors and characters. It really sucked you in. And, you know, you didn't know who to trust. You didn't know who the who was going to backstab who. It was just a great show. So once Littlefinger died, we didn't have this anymore. All the tension that we saw left was between Jon and Daenerys, and a little bit of Varys and Tyrion. But that just that was a that was a drop in the bucket compared to what we saw in the first couple seasons. So basically, when Peter Baelish died, this basically signified the end of you know charismatic characters like Varys, Tyrion, stuff like that. People who didn't. Who weren't good because of their fighting skills, but because of their talking about their uh, above their scheming of their conversational skills. I mean, actually, yeah. Even Cersei got weaker too because she was generally a person who relied on like fear of you know going above and beyond to protect her children. She would do all these terrible things like blowing up the Sept of Baylor just for for um, for her children or for political victories. Even she got butchered. Yeah. So again, why I liked the early couple episodes, seasons of Game of Thrones, because we saw all these mysteries set up, all these mysteries beginning, which really um, all these intertwining mysteries and all these different motivations of the characters like um, Stannis and Renly. They were two brothers who fought for the throne. Uh, Gendry, which is a you know the bastard child that they had to sneak off, who would win the Iron Throne. You know, how would Ned Stark be avenged? Sons of the Harpy, even though I hated that plot, but, you know, we had to figure out who they were. These were all, you know, just great plot points that it was so, you know, well-written and crafted compared to what we got in the last season, which is basically just some crappy, stale vanilla ending. And again, the lack of charismatic characters really sunk the show into the ground, because Game of Thrones was always driven by dialogue and narrative, so through dialogue and and you know character development, we got to know more about a character. We got to know more about their motivations: who are they fighting for? If they were honorable, dishonorable? If they're a cheat? If they're a liar? We got to know so much about a character just through um, discussion and conversation. We didn't need those action sequences to make the show great. By you know just looking at what a character is saying, how they are saying it. We get to know so much about them. So, you know, all these reasons really coming together just really made the show extremely weak. And we got, this is what we got, season eight. It was such a disappointment. So, you know, some people, that's kind of my take, my my last couple thoughts about the show. Um, I know people have said, you know, It started going down on season five or six, which is, I think there were some shaky parts, um, but I think generally season five and season six were all right. Season seven, I had to suspend my disbelief because I knew that season eight was coming. And then at season eight, I just, it just, I just couldn't, you know, I hated it. So I hope you guys agree with some of my points about you know see how season 7 kind of set up the set up the foundation of failure for the show the fast traveling the lack of um political intrigue and the grouping of people into two camps how that kind of sunk the show and laid the groundwork for um season 8 and how it completely failed so let me know what you guys think Um, You can go to www.thericeclub.wordpress.com. Leave us a comment there. Um, Don't forget to share our anchor podcast to others. Um, Thanks for listening and have a great evening.